Welcome back to Two Average Husbands, where two husbands have four beers and four conversations. I am your host, Jake, and welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, to Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Kyle, and I am going to be throwing it out to Jake to introduce his first beer before we go into our first segment. Uh, which one do I want to start with? I'll let you pick, left or right. Coin flip. Gotta be right. All right. So my first one tonight is going to be by Southern Tier Brewing, and it is their Cold Brew Coffee Pumpkin Nitro, which is a pumpkin. coffee and pumpkin nitro stout, which I... Oh, it's actually a nitro ale. Didn't nitro know that. Nitro ale. Wouldn't pay attention, didn't pay attention to that. That's interesting. I don't know. Shout out to uh, our friend Edgar, who works uh, with this company for hooking it up with a few beers for the next few weeks for Jakey. So I'm very excited about that. But Kyle, whoop, whoop. why don't you introduce your little basic ass beer yes i have two basic ass beers for this podcast on a fine friday unusual day for us to be on the on the pod but i am going to be drinking truly pineapple hard seltzer for my first alcoholic beverage uh as everybody probably knows from this podcast i'm not a giant seltzer guy but i am starting to come around to certain things uh one of them being the truly teas big fan of the truly teas the truly lemonades are not bad and after my first review of the Truly Popsicles, I have since changed my opinion, and I think they're delicious. And I had a bunch of them during the Dallas game last night. I was going to say, your first review of those Popsicles was not kind. No, they tasted bad to me. And I think it was more of an aftertaste than an actual like flavor, because the flavor was fine. And then I don't know if I just had eaten something weird that mixed with the flavor or something that day, but Maybe. ever since then, they're just fine to me. So I don't know. You know, that makes sense, because there's been some times where, like, I've had buffalo wings, and then I've drank Malort afterwards, and I'm like, the Malort, like, it kills off all of the bad parts of Malort. Like, the spice balances it really well. The nitro is also very, very real in this beer, and that's something that I absolutely love to see. I'm drinking water. (laughs) Basically. Could have just poured a fucking sparkling water in the cup. We'd have been none the wiser. True. But I would never do that to you as the audience or you as my co-host. Yeah, well. I would never do that. Yeah, we're always pretty honest about when we're not drinking. Yep. All right. Well, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and introduce our first segment of the evening? Holy shit, everybody. NFL is back. We are so excited. Big fantasy football players between the two of us as well as just NFL fans. I am a big Dallas Cowboys fan. Jake is a Chicago Bears fan. Uh, but other than that, we just love the NFL. We love we love that the NFL's back, and we also uh, both probably because of fantasy football are more interested in really every team than just our own. But with that being said, I wanted to talk to you obviously because we skipped until Friday about what you thought of the game last night. So let's talk about Tampa versus Dallas, and we can talk a little bit about um, probably both teams as well as kind of the outcome of the game as a whole. Yeah, um, both teams came out swinging, kind of as we expected. It was a shootout, um, not some one of the crazier shootouts. Like uh, I think it was like the Kansas City Chiefs and Rams game a couple years back that ended like fifty-one to forty-five. Like it wasn't the defenses weren't that bad, um, but you know it was a very good game. Kind of as we know, came down to the wire. But um, my uncle Kyle points out in the chat here, you know, last night was a glimmer of hope, and I think that's probably the best way to describe like what we saw out of Dallas, like Dallas looked good. Their defense obviously still has some questions that was going to be known their offensive line, especially with the suspension of Lyle Collins being announced today. Um, 
you know, there, there's definitely some concern from on the offensive front um, from from the offensive line. But Dallas is one or two trades away from being a real problem. I would say, despite the despite the defensive setbacks, to include well, really just defensive setbacks as a whole, I guess, right? So, like, despite any of the things that have happened to that defense, they already, to me, look better than they did last year. Oh, a thousand percent. And so seeing, especially seeing Micah Parsons last night for the first time in an actual full-length game, he is good. Like, people you, should be nervous about Micah Parsons. Did you see that tweet that I quote tweeted earlier today? I don't think so. It was a video of Micah Parsons in coverage, and, and it's a very specific technique that linebackers are taught. But it just goes to show you that just because somebody puts football in their name, they don't necessarily know what they're talking about. Because this yeah, man sure. was acting like Parson was completely lost on the play. The 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 play type is called it's the technique is called robot. Essentially, your first move is to go for the run. If the run's not there, it's your job to get back. If you backpedal into coverage on a play action, you are not going to reach your coverage there. So essentially, what you're taught to do as a linebacker is break for the run on a play action. If it's not there, you have to turn around and run, and you are basically looking for a crossing route. You are looking for an in route. You're looking for something that you can quickly cover. Sure, something and in the middle, yeah. if you don't know what you're looking at, it does look bad. But if you know, if you have some semblance of knowledge about how defensive football is, like, is taught to players, especially a player who is a linebacker who is meant to play coverage at times. We know Parsons isn't the greatest coverage linebacker in the world right now, but he can hold his own. And if he improves on that, Dallas is going to, one, have a superstar in their hands, but two, he did he did everything the right way. And it just was it goes to show you that some people don't know what they're talking about. But that was a little bit of a tangent. But like you're saying, that Dallas defense arguably played a very good game. Like, Tom yeah. Brady's going to put up numbers no matter what you do. Sure. Those wide receivers on that offense are going to burn you no matter what. One of them is going to burn you, whether that's Antonio Brown, whether that's Chris Godwin, whether that's Mike Evans. You know, something is going – somebody is going to go off. And I think that Dallas did a really good job of limiting Tampa from really taking control of that game like they could have. And Jake and I watched the game together last night virtually uh, while we were on Discord together. And I, I said it out loud right when it happened. I was just surprised that even on the very first drive that Dallas stopped Tampa. Yeah. The fact that Dallas stopped Tampa on drive number one, I'm like, hey, we're already off to an excellent start for the Dallas defense. Because last year, you could have literally just run the play or run the ball 400 times and Dallas would do nothing about it and you'd win the game. Yeah. And this year, they've already come off to a start against the uh, former Super Bowl winning team and stopped them on the first couple drives or first drive. And then, you know, throughout the game, did a pretty good job of stopping them as well. So happy to see what I saw from the Dallas defense, but absolutely stoked to have seen what I saw from the Dallas offense, which is Dak Prescott coming out fucking swinging the hammer and through. I don't have the exact number, but they threw like 50, almost 50 passes, I think, Dak. Dak had 58, and Brady 58 had 58. Almost 60 passes. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, it was... Th- this is, in my opinion, where the NFL is going. It is a passing league. Running is yeah. great, but if you can have, a like, an elite passer like a Dak Prescott or a Tom Brady, that gives you such a distinct advantage against other teams, especially teams that don't have elite, pat, you know, pass defenders. You know, not to knock cornerbacks on Dallas, not to knock the cornerbacks on Tampa... They aren't that great. On just, either team, for sure. On yeah. either team. There, there's just nothing 
special about any one defender that was in that game last night uh, from a cup from a defensive back perspective. Sure. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Obviously, it, the defensive lines of both teams are, have a lot of talent, a lot of talented linebackers between the two as well. But but their coverage leaves a little to be lacking, which it, it, and both teams exploited that. You know, there's a reason that Dallas ran the ball as little as they did. Yep. That is, if you pull and up if you pull up the numbers of elite running backs last year, it really kind of paints the entire picture. Um, let me find the tweet real quick so I don't miss. I mean, while anything. you're looking at that, one of the funniest things, right, is like you're seeing all of the social media activity talking about like, where's Zeke? Like Zeke sucks, Zeke's trash. And it's like, no. If you look at the corners for Tampa and the wide receivers for Dallas compared to the defensive line of Tampa and Zeke, the choice there is obvious. You don't give the ball to Zeke a hundred times. You fucking throw the ball against those corners in one v one coverage, and you get what you happen. What happened last night? You get four hundred fucking passing yards out of Dak Prescott going to all these weapons. Like it's it's the obvious way to play that game. Here are the stats of a bunch of really good running backs from last year against this Tampa defense, which is very almost identical to what it was last year. Kamara was twelve of sixteen. McCaffrey was 18 of 59 as the most successful of this group. Melvin Gordon was 8 for 26. David Montgomery, 10 for 19. Aaron Jones, 10 for 15. Josh Jacobs, 10 for 17. Cam Akers, 5 for 15. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 11 for 37. Like, you're just not going to have a good running attack against no this team. There's no point in doing it. You're Vita wasting Vea, it down by trying to run against that fucking Vita team. Vita Vea picked up a 300-pound man yes. and just ran it down. He like, fucking sure did. That was that, intense. That may, There was a video on Twitter today of a... It was like a semi-truck that was just driving through a street, hitting <laughs> every car out of the way. Yeah, And that's yeah. the perfect description of Vita Vea. Like, you're, yeah, you're just, he was incredible. You're not going to run the ball well against that offensive that, or that defensive that, a front. dude of that size that can actually just move like that is yeah. terrifying they put him in the game at, at fullback like he can he's keep incredible. up with running back it's yeah, insane. He's incredible but yeah man that, I, it was a great first game the the ratings agreed it was like the highest viewed anything since the super bowl and the most yeah. viewed opener since 2015 so I, mean, I will say from well i'll save that because that's one of my topics but anyway the the big thing too right is like Everyone's just excited to have football back, no doubt about it. And to have this game, this massive shootout happen as the first one back is incredible. It was a good game. Even though Dallas ended up losing, which was super disappointing to me. If, it, if anybody got the Snapchats from my wife last night of me fucking jumping around and watching the game, like I had a ton of fun watching it. I got it. I just was I super disappointed when I saw the game uh, and the way that it did. But that being said, I expected it. Like if you give Tom Brady that much time left in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's going to make it happen, especially with the weapons that he has, right? He still has Gronk that he has the connection with. He has Godwin. He has Evans, who didn't really do anything last night, but it doesn't matter because Antonio Brown showed the fuck out. Like, you still have the weapons available for Tom Brady that if you give him that much time in the fourth quarter, he's going to come back and win it if it's that little of a spread. Like, he is going to get you enough yards for at least a field goal if that's all it takes to win the game. Yeah, it... Yeah, that's that's really all you can say. Like, if, if Tom Brady's still the GOAT, no questions there. If you give him enough time, he's going to win a game. But I don't want to spend too much time on that game. we got a lot of games to look forward to. What's one game? Just give me one game coming up this weekend that you're looking forward to. Oh, I am really looking forward to the Cardinals game. I don't think most people probably care as much as I do, but now that I live in Arizona, I have become like a secondary Cardinals fan, and I am very excited to see that offense this year. I think they have a lot of talent still coming from last year as well as the addition of Rondell Moore. Uh, I think Arizona is going to continue to be fun to watch, and I am excited for that game. But there isn't a game that I'm not excited for, if we're being honest. That's just probably the one that I'm going to 
you know, set myself up to watch and sit down and watch the whole game, but I'll watch any of them for sure. I can tell you one game I'm not excited for, and that's Houston Jacksonville. Like, I get, True. the cool part is is that it's Trevor Lawrence's debut, but overall, I couldn't care less about that game. I've almost no fantasy implications of it. I've got like one or two Marvin Jones shares and one LaVisca share. And that's I think it would be really, really fun it. too to watch like the Arizona game from a pure standpoint of like Arizona could beat Tennessee. Oh yeah, that's going to be a great game. And so I think it's going to be another shootout like there was tonight. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, really less of a shootout and more of a ground game in that one for sure while you watch Kyler Murray try to tear up the field and then Derrick Henry just go nuts. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. The, but I agree with you, dude. The Jacksonville-Houston game, like who cares? I am thinking about playing Trevor Lawrence like I talked to you about though in one of our dynasty leagues because you know, how could he not exploit the shit out of the Houston defense and Houston offense is going to be terrible. That's honestly, that might be the one reason not to play him is because the Houston offense or offense is going to be so bad that there's a good chance that Trevor Lawrence can lead that team to an early lead. And then they just run the ball with James Robinson for the rest of the fucking game. Yeah. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. It, you know, that could go either way. Um, the, the Arizona Tennessee game, if I'm not being a Homer would, would be my pick for the game. I'm most excited for It'll be fun. But man, you got op- you got your your Cowboys opening day. I need my Bears opening day. We're probably gonna fucking lose. Yeah. We're playing fucking Sean McVay and and the fountain of youth that is his team, where everybody just seems to show yeah. up and show off. So we're gonna lose probably. But uh, it's gonna be exciting to see. I want to see how Andy Dalton does. I want to see how quickly Justin Fields can get on the field. So yeah. The we Bears... need to build our whiteboard in the background somewhere, either at your house or my house, and we need to get the board together for our bets for the season. Because I would love to put a bet on the board right now for when which game Justin Fields takes over as a starter for the Bears. Because I am excited to see it, and I think we'd probably we'd probably be able to make a pretty good bet out of that. But I don't I'll know. Uh, I'll try and I'll I'll go to the dollar store get us a whiteboard. Just throw um, it on the door back behind you or something. Yeah. So real quick before we transition out of football, I will say my guess week five. Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. Um, I do think. Personally, I think he's going to take over sooner than that. I think you're going to have this game, which is going to be extremely tough, right? Like you're playing a pretty mm-hmm. solid defense, obviously, and you're going to have a a game that you're already expecting that you might lose. And I think that for the Bears front office, right, they already promised Andy Dalton he's going to be the starter, but he's going to come out in this game, likely lose, probably not look very good, which is a very good excuse for the Bears front office to go, Justin Fields? You know what I mean? So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him as soon as game three, but I, I could be wrong. I talked about it. I was on the Dynasty Digest podcast, which is uh, with the JWB guys. By the yep. way, my first article published today. So, if you want to learn about some sleepers for this week, go check it out. JWB Fantasy Football. Um, but I said it on the podcast that, you know, the Bears and Matt Nagy have committed for Andy Dalton to start week one. Yeah. That is really as far as the commitment has gone. It exactly. wouldn't shock me yep. to see Fields week two, but uh, I'm yep. I'm being conservative. I think during the game of week five, if we're like one and three and we're close with the Raiders and they think Justin Fields can win that game, Fields wins that game and then gets the Packers the week after, that'd be like think, a movie in my mind. See, that's like kind of the same concept for me. I don't know what the schedule looks like exactly. Who do they play in week three for the Bears? Uh, week two is Bengals. Week three is Browns. Week four is Lions. Week five is Raiders. So exactly right. So I, I could see it too, especially if Andy Dalton doesn't win against the fucking Bengals. Like True. if if the Chicago or the Bears can't fucking beat the Bengals, then I think there is a relatively good chance that you see Fields in Game Three. But 
who knows? I'm not a fucking head coach. I don't make these decisions, but I, I could definitely see that happening as well. We are not wizards, Harry. But that True. wraps up our NFL segment. We are very excited for Sunday. Oh, Check. God, so excited. It's very excited. It's, yeah, it's going to be a problem. It, it's going to be a bad day to be a truly. We'll put it that way. <laughs> NFL weekend is going to be a blast. The first opening weekend is going to be a ton of fun. But, yeah, we can transition out. Jake goes first this week. I'll let I him do. roll into his first topic. I could also give a rating because I'm ready for that, but I right. will also if, wait till the if end you're of your ready, topic if you'd like. If you're ready, I'm not. I'm nowhere near done with the beer, but I am ready to rate it. I'm, I'm very confident done, in my so rating yeah, here. So what do you got for us on your Truly Pineapple? I'm going to go with a 5-1. Okay. It might I be think highest rated this seltzer. is good. Uh, I love pineapple, and I think the seltzer is pretty decent, but I don't love seltzer, so it's probably never going to climb really in beyond like a 5-5, five, five, even if I have an excellent seltzer, but... I don't know. What did I do? The ranch. Um, the Lone it's River Ranch. That was a 5-1 as well. Okay. Yeah, that, that one was good, so I'm not surprised that this one's about the same. But, yeah, that's what I got. Awesome. For mine, for the Pumpkin Nitro Cold Brew Coffee, it tastes like coffee. It tastes like real pumpkin. It doesn't taste like artificial or anything like that. This is a 7-9. It's so close. So close to being an 8 if you like coffee and you like pumpkin, this could be like an like a high eight for you. Hmm. Like I could really see how you would be like just full into this. It is very good. I actually do like pumpkin. I'd have to give that a shot. I Shout out s- to your boy out there. Hook me up. I was gonna say I'll <laughs> see what I'll see what we can do for you. All right, but, Jake. Rating text- done. Give us the topic. I texted you this week. I'm ready to to talk about some shit. So, um. I'm looking for a new job. We talked about this a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. and I had a job interview today. But what I wanted to talk about is, it's not even really a, a question that I have for you, Kyle. It, it, I do want to hear your opinion on this, sure. but I just kind of want to rant for a second here. Have at it. About employees and the job search process. So, if you're an employee of an organization, I'm going to say this right now. You owe that organization nothing. We've talked about this for sure. You that is 100% my opinion. owe them absolutely nothing. And here's why. I'm in a situation where I have been somewhere for quite some time. And I know other people who are in very, sim- very similar situations to myself. If you are in an organization for a long time, there should be something that is keeping you there more than just, I like my job. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. You can love your job. You can love everything about everything that you do. But if you are not, if that organization does not make you feel like you are an appreciated member of the organization, that's where I start to have a problem. If you are at an organization for three years and you get no raises and you never get a promotion, there's no room for promotion within your department. And when you tell your boss that you are then looking for a job, if their reaction is anything other than being like, I understand why you're leaving or thinking about leaving, I'm happy for you, let me know what I can do for you, then that's a problem, right? Yeah, or you know, they should be coming back with something like, oh God, we'd hate to lose you. Exactly. Uh, we're happy to sit down and have a conversation with you about salary or whatever it would take to keep you here, but yeah. Exactly, I'm very lucky, my leader, is a great leader and I, I will never take that away from them but I 
I just feel like more people need to be in the position that I am where I feel bad for leaving. I do. I know that the timing, especially in my career path, isn't great for when I'm leaving my job, but I shouldn't feel bad for considering and taking a better opportunity for myself. And I feel like there's too many organizations out there. And this stems from not necessarily even my experience per se, but the experience of a lot of people that I've talked to over the past couple of weeks while going through this process, where people are guilted by their organizations into trying to stay with organizations saying things like, oh my gosh, we don't have time to replace you. Like it's, it's going to be so bad for us, you know, like just people who get guilted into staying in an organization. And yeah. For me, you owe that organization nothing. If that organization has done nothing over a, a, a specific amount of time to make you feel like you want, like feel like you're wanted there, you can, like I said, you can love everything you do. You can love going to work every single day. But if the organization doesn't show you that they're willing to fight to keep you, that's a sign that you should be leaving, in my opinion. Yeah, my only counter to that is I think. I don't think that I could personally think of a situation where I love what I do, but the atmosphere is bad where I wouldn't say that I didn't love the job. I don't know if I made sense out of that, but what I'm saying yeah, is like, saying. even if I like the act, like the, the daily duties of my job, if the atmosphere of my, or the environment of my workplace is bad, I'm not going to say I love this job. And so for me, like to say that, like, I love this job isn't enough to keep me is, is a little bit misleading from from the way that I would go about this because for me like if I love the job it's because I because of all of those things have reached a point where I'm satisfied across the board or at least at meeting a bare minimum of what it, what it re- would require to me to want to stay right so if my leadership sucks then I don't love my job you know what I mean so I get what you're saying that's my only counterpoint and that's that's kind of like nitpicky of what you're saying but yeah, and I, I get what I get what I definitely get what you're saying. My point more so is especially in an organization where you are not directly involved with the leaders who are making those decisions. It's I like for example, I'll just I'll just be honest here. I love my job, I love my team, I love my coworkers. I don't love the way that my organization handles my specific department. Sure. And and I have no say over that. No matter how much I fight, everything has to go through multiple levels of approval where no matter how much I or anybody within my department fights for our department, we are not treated the same as other departments are. Yeah, that sucks. And that sucks. Exactly. Yeah, that sucks. Like, I love my actual job. I love, like I just said, I've said it. I love my job. I love the people I work with. I love what I do. But I can't stay at a place forever where I'm not, I don't feel like I'm wanted. Yeah. Like it's, we're, we're treated as replaceable until we go to leave. And then we're told that we are the one doing a disservice. Yeah. That's fucked up. That's and that's, fucked up. that's a that, kind of a toxic workplace by definition, honestly, <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, like I'm, I'm definitely never going to say that about like where I work or anything like that. It, it's definitely not toxic. And, it, and it's something that we kind of like, you almost sign up for the field knowing that like in a way. Um, but there, there comes a point where it's like, you have to be given like the opportunities can't be held against you and you can't be treated differently 
you can't be a favorite for so long and then when you express a desire to do something just because the timing doesn't it doesn't work out for something like and it's and I'll I'll stress this a million times it's not just me it's not just my organization this is something that I've heard from probably 15 20 different people that I've had conversations with over the past 2 or 3 weeks sure it, it it's it's a problem with the way that companies in the United States do business and and yeah and that's it, it's got to change like dude the big thing for me right and like not to kind of step on your own story here but in in my because you brought it up like I'll, I'll kind of go down my path as well because there's no um i would say it's probably not too much of a secret that i am also considering different paths forward in my career which goes into why i'm in school right now but you know when i talk to people at work i had a guy recently ask me the question and he's like you mean to tell me okay so this and it stems from a previous conversation where i said like currently in my in, in what i do the the current place that i work has given me the most job satisfaction that i've had in my current job mm-hmm. So I've worked in a couple different offices uh, within the same job that I do now where I have been less happy with the job that I was doing than I am right now. So right, right now I'm kind of at a, a peak in my opinion of job satisfaction within the industry that I'm a part of. And because of that, I have been, you know, there's been a lot more conversations of like, oh, well, why would you want to leave? Or, you know, kind of that kind of a thing. And I had a friend recently that asked me, and he's like, well, dude, like what if they offered you ten thousand more dollars a year to stay and do the same work like you really wouldn't take it and my answer to him was like probably not because even if i like the people that i work with uh and my job satisfaction is high at the end of the day just because i'm happy with what i'm doing doesn't mean that i am i feel connected to the job that i'm doing like this isn't something that i see myself wanting to do as a lifelong career Right. I enjoy the work. I get some fulfillment out of it. And I truly enjoy the people that I work with. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to dedicate, you know, the next umpteen years until retirement just because there are certain factors of the job that I find to be, you know, beneficial to me or to financial stability or whatever. You know, like there's there isn't enough factors there that are present that are like driving me right now currently to go. Yeah, I want to do this long term for me. I'm like this is great, but I feel like for me, there is something that I could do that would make me more happy. Right. And that's, that's kind of the bottom line, right? Is like, where is your job satisfaction coming from? And if you don't have it, or if it's not high enough and like your floor is, uh, you know, somewhere in you're kind of sitting near the floor of job satisfaction, or you know that if you did this one or two things, that there's a good possibility that you could get to the next level of job satisfaction then then do it. Right. And so I'm with you, man. Like if you, if, even if there's one thing, right, like about your job that you don't like, then there's probably somewhere else you could be happier. And I think the counterpoint from a lot of people is, you know, like, well, what if you go somewhere else and it's terrible? Or if it's not providing you the same, you know, certain great aspects of this job. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then I'll go and putz around for that job for a little bit while I'm looking for another job. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no need to feel like you said the dedication to a specific employer to the point where you feel stuck. Yeah, you have the opportunity as an employee to seek out your own happiness. And this is and it really goes into kind of like a broader cultural change that's happened in the recent years, too, where it used to be where if somebody looked at your resume and they saw over the last three or five years, right, you've had three or five jobs. 
that was a problem, but that's not really the case anymore. Like right. people aren't deterred by that as much as they used to be. Cause it used to be that, you know, like the baby boomer generation would dedicate their career to a single company and they'd stay for 20 years and they'd get a retirement, a pension or whatever, you know, but the, the benefits associated with that don't exist anymore. Right. So there's no true factor that's driving you to commit 20 years to any company. It just doesn't really exist, which is kind of ironic because my company does offer that and I'm still <laughs> a little bit deterred. But that being said, there are there are things that don't exist in that type of a market anymore. And the way that culture has changed and adapted now that you could hop around from job to job to job looking for a little bit more job satisfaction or like that, you know, that niche that or niche niche. I've said that a lot recently and I just heard somebody tell, talk about how it's a pet peeve when people say it wrong. But anyway, I say niche. That actually might be the way you say it niche anyway you look for that one thing right that's going to be the key to you being happy in a career for some sort of uh, a period of time then then go for it you know what i mean and so like there are things for me which have there are obvious reasons for me given what i do that i can't just like jump out there and do certain things right now but i am looking and it's not really a secret i am considering the possibilities that i have in the future and there's nothing that should stop you from doing that even if you never pull the trigger like take the interview, you know what I mean? Like yeah. go out there, talk to the company, see if they say the right things and make you feel like you're going to be welcome in that environment. And then if you want to pull the trigger. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's where like, I think just the general disconnect is my leadership classes. I have a degree in leadership. Like I've learned quite a bit about the field of being a leader and you shouldn't organization shouldn't be taking it as a spite when people want to leave like there in some situations yeah it's a spite you treated (laughs) them like shit you did this you did that if the employee comes to you and says i love everything that you're doing i understand why everything is the way that it is but for myself and my family i need to make a change yeah that's not a spite you should no. be encouraging development and growth out of your team as a leader. Yeah. And yeah. if you're an org- if you're a business owner or you are a leader right now and you are not doing that, you are doing something wrong and you are doing a disservice to your people because that's the kind of thing that will come back to you, especially in a modern day and age where we have websites such as Glassdoor, which is if you're not familiar, it allows employees both current and former <laughs> to share salary information about their jobs, as well as review the organization as a whole. And if you treat employees poorly, that is going to reflect on you now more than ever. Sure. Social media definitely changes that kind of thing, which I would consider Glassdoor probably a type of social media. Yeah, it's essentially what it is, Uh, especially with LinkedIn too. Like I see people bad-mouthing companies all the time on LinkedIn. Sure. And while I don't necessarily think they should be as public about it as some are, you know, that could in, in and of itself deter some potential employers down the road, but they're telling their truth. And I don't think that's a crime. Like, yeah, I don't think if you go to a leader and say, I need to better my situation for myself, I, I don't think offense should be taken to that. I don't think so either. I had an interesting conversation recently with a, a member of my leadership where I, I sat down with him and just talked for a short period of time. And, you know, he said, what do you want to do in the next three to five years? Because he's like, if you don't make this decision, that's fine because he was he's kind of just um there are things they want me to do and i'm not sure about most of them right so he's like if you don't want to do this fine 
but what do you want to do? I need to know what you want to do. He's like, because at the end of the day, all I want to do is help you get there. And that's the first conversation I've had probably with a member of my leadership, probably ever, where they really made it clear to me that the the consideration was me and what I wanted and not, hey, we want you to do this because we think you'd be a great fit. Right. Or like, hey, we want you to do this because it'd be great for the organization. Like he, he changed the way that he worded the conversation to say, hey, like I want to do this for you. You tell yeah. me what you want and I will help you to get there, which yeah. is, it was an, it was a incredible experience as an employee to have that conversation switch to that angle. Cause even if at the end of the day, like I didn't give him a plan that day, I didn't really talk about much more that day, but just to hear that type of a conversation out of a leader is significantly better than hearing something from a diff- from the angle of the employer, right? We're like, Hey, we want you to do this, or we think this would be great for the organization. Like you don't, although those are things are great. And like, maybe you buy into that type of thing, but like at the end of the day, if they're not putting it in the perspective of the employee, it's not selfish for you to want that. And somebody else told me that. And I, that kind of bothered me. It's like, it's not selfish for you to want to think about your own happiness and your own future. Like, nope, I don't buy that ar- argument at all. Like, I think it is 100% like the employer should be looking at ways to connect you with potential pathways that are going to make you happy, but also benefit the organization, right? And if they can't do that, then you should be looking elsewhere to find that op- sort of an opportunity. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the way I look at it is, I'm the one doing the work, right? You are thus paying me for the work that I am doing. I owe you nothing outside of the work that you are paying me for. Correct. I owe you absolutely nothing. So I, in theory, I have all the power. Yes, you, it's not even a theory. You absolutely do. They and just don't want you to think that. The yeah. argument could be, Yeah, but if you quit or they fire you, then you don't have money. I could walk into a thousand restaurants right now and go bartend. Okay, so... I could walk onto... There's a bit of time there and with COVID and everything, yes, but I get what you're saying. But I could do that prior. Sure. Even prior to COVID, the restaurants in our area were always begging for help on weekends and... I mean, you, you get into a good point here, right, where like... You still have the power, whether you are in a position where like economically you couldn't survive if you just quit your job, you just take interviews outside of work hours. Yeah. Or like say, hey, I've got an appointment that I need to go to. And then you go take the fucking interview. If like you don't trust your leadership, right? If you trust your leadership and they're looking out for you, then you just tell them, hey, I have an interview. I need to not be at work at this time. That being said, there are some leaders out there that are fucking shit. If you tell them you're going to take an interview, they'll just fire you, right? But you need to do what you need to do. And you take those interviews. Yeah before you quit your job like don't put your two weeks in and then start the yeah, resume start building th- process <laughs> build your resume get your shit together start looking at potential opportunities and then take a couple interviews right like you don't just hop out of there if you're in a position where you're not economically stable enough to go and just quit your job and i think that's that's really the key is especially now in the world that we live in there's a thousand resources i can check for jobs I can take interviews for companies all around the country from my home. Yep. Why would I not? Someone will let you work from your home, which is fantastic. Why would I not? Like, even if just for the experience of getting some interviews under my belt, that'll help me. Even if I'm not looking necessarily for a job, I can go through an interview process. And if I don't get the job, that's fine. I don't need a job right now. That's the way I've kind of even looked at this whole job search is, you know, like if I don't get a new job, I still have my job. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm getting experience doing interviews and getting experience under my belt of knowing what to say. And if you don't get the job through your interview, you can reach out to the hiring manager and say, how could I have improved my interview process? How sure. could I have done yeah. better? And yeah. most organizations will tell you, here's what you could do to improve. And with all this being said too, like I am being a devil's advocate for the general like consent or, you know, the, the regardless of the current time frame of the world. Uh, but that being said, right now, there's never been a better time where, I, in my opinion, <clears throat> employees have the most power. Yeah. I think COVID has put people in a state where there is a desperation for workers almost everywhere because partially because of the lack of incentive uh, for companies or really the lack of give a shit from companies to pay people, a, you know, a living wage or a minimum wage that's better than 725 or whatever the fuck it is an hour. But that being said, um, in general, there are a lot of people that have either taken work from home jobs or they have gone on unemployment because of the pandemic. So right now, people need workers. And so if you are out job hunting or you're thinking about job hunting, now might be the time to do it, honestly, because you've never been in a position where companies are more desperate and we're willing to work with you to, to get you into a position where they can fill that slot. You know what I mean? So there is a lot of opportunity in crisis right now to get you into a job that you might like better than what you're at right now especially if you have qualifications true like not to brag i have a master's degree that qualifies me for so many more jobs than it did when i didn't have a master's degree sure yeah like there there are places who are begging people to have my level of education and know the markets that you're looking at too because a lot of different businesses are cyclical and if you time your interview process right and your your hiring process right like I may be sped along in the job interview process that I'm currently in just because of the time of year that it is. Sure. Like to kind of wrap this all up without going on too many different tangents here, you don't owe your employers anything. You are responsible for yourself and your comfort and your happiness. And that needs to be the priority 24 seven. If you take one takeaway from anything that I say in this process, do not feel bad for bettering your situa- situation. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, my kind of final cliff note on this topic too is is along the same lines. And it, it's really a story, but it's a quick one. So I'll say it again, because I think I said this in the last time we did a discussion like this, but I'll, I'll, I'll tap into this one more time. And that's, I talked to a guy uh, one time who is of the baby, the, the baby boomer generation. And at the end of his 20 years at a company, a major corporation in the Midwest, he gets done with it. And I just asked him, I was like, you know, how did, how was it? Like, did you love working there? Like, it's pretty cool. You're retiring from there. And he's like, I hated it. I hated it every year of my life for 20 years. But he's like, but now I'm set, I'm retired and everything's great. And I was like, so you spent 20 years miserable so that in your fifties you could be happy. And like, it kind of, I don't know if it clicked in me or, you know, in that moment, or if I just kind of realized that that is something that I never want to have to say in my life. I never want to be at a point in my life where I go, I have hated it for the last 20 years just so I could retire and be happy now, which is, and, and it, it's kind of shaped my, my mental process on what I will do in the long term from a career, because I'm never going to be that person. I refuse right. to have that experience in my life. And it doesn't need to be a situation where I'm necessarily in the same financial you know, bracket, like uh, in, Uncle Kyle said this too, it's you, money isn't the thing that 
equates to happiness. And even if somebody paid me more money to stay doing something that I wasn't really happy with, then I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to say for 20 years that I was unhappy and I just, I'm not willing to do it. And I think that was a, an impactful story for me or an impactful moment to hear him say that to me when I was younger. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's like the old, um, it's probably happened in real life, but I've heard it as kind of like a, not really a wives tale, but just a story of the guy who, who very similar. He dedicates his whole young adult to mid adult life, working for a company, grinding away, working extra hours, working on the weekends, all of this to retire early. And the day after he retires, he has a heart attack and dies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an old adage. And I, and I think that, like I said, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to hate what you're doing to put your, put yourself, just be comfortable putting yourself in a better situation. There's absolutely mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And even if you don't absolutely love that new situation, do it while you find a better situation. Yeah. That's what, that's what I've told you. Sometimes Jess. you're going to have to leap and be a little comfortable being uncomfortable, take a chance and kind of go out and do something to figure out if it was worse or better than your previous situation. And again, too, like I said, as long as you're, you're intelligent about the way that you're, you're going about it, you're not going to put yourself in a position where you're not going to be able to feed yourself or pay your rent or mortgage or whatever. Like you need to be intelligent about the way you're going about it, but that doesn't mean you don't have the ability to shop and figure out something that's going to better your, your circumstances. It's what I told Jess. She was like, what if you don't like the, the new job? I find a better so be one. It. I find a better one while making more money than I'm currently making. Yep. Yep. I'm not stuck there forever. I'm not signing nope. a five-year contract or a ten-year contract or a twenty-year contract. Yeah. Nope. Not I'm doing show- that. I'm showing up, and when I'm ready to move, I'll move. Yeah. But I don't want to take up too much of our first half of the uh, episode with just my work opinions. Kyle, no, that's good. It's going to fold into a second topic of or. Really what's going to be my second topic, and I'll probably roll us right into that since we're kind of on a roll here, and I think my second topic will be short today anyway, but I'm going to introduce my second beer first, which is the Blue Moon Light Sky Citrus Wheat. I've never tried it. Uh, Somebody left this at my house after I had some people over, um, all vaccinated, by the way, Uh, but uh, I'm going to give this a shot. Uh, Jake says it's good. He's tried it before, too, and I have always been a Blue Moon liker. I wouldn't say lover, but a Blue Moon liker, so hopefully I like this one as well. All right, and my second beer is by Southern Tier again. It is uh, still their Blackwater Nitro series, but this is a Coconut Truffle Imperial Milk Stout. And let me tell you, the second this man handed me this can, this is all I've been thinking about for like a week. Can you give me the flavor again? It is Coconut Truffle Imperial Milk Stout. It is ale with sea salt, dark chocolate, natural chocolate, and coconut flavors. I love coconut. I do too. Jess actually asked me, if I would drink a, a pina colada for the podcast tonight, and I was like, no, because I know I Ky- because I know Kyle likes him too, so we'll we'll schedule a pina colada episode. We can absolutely do that. I'm big pina colada fan. Happy to do that. That was cool. I like pina colada everything. However, mm-hmm. I had just recently tried the pina colada naked juice. Do not recommend. If you uh, like pina colada, I think the I've juice itself it. was fine, but it did not taste like pina colada at all. Can't say I've had it, but you did make me a pina colada on my birthday. I did. did it do was that. delicious. Love me some pinas. Put it on the calendar. All right. Anyways, Kyle, what is your topic for this week? Your first topic for this week? It wasn't going to be my second, but I'm going to roll into it because I, this one's been on my list of things to talk about for a while. 
and a combination of a conversation that just happened at work and the topic that you just brought up have made me want to bring this one up to the, the top of the list and just go ahead and talk about it. The topic is how do you ensure quality employees, right? So how do you as an employer shape the employee to be productive and quality for your environment while also maintaining their level of job satisfaction to keep them in the company, right? So Mm -hmm. the big thing, right, is how do you keep people productive but also happy? And the reason I ask this is because I think it goes into, um, I think there's a couple categories here, and I'm sure there's more, but kind of the way that I've broken this down in some conversations that I've had is do you do you rely on the self-motivation of the employee, right? Where you're just thinking my employee is going to be good at my at their job because they want to be good and they want to be constantly getting better, right? So they want to be doing those extra trainings or whatever, getting to that right. next level all the time. And they're just self-motivated despite um, any sort of, you know, deliberate, uh, you know, whether it be feedback or rewards or whatever, right? So are you relying on the self-motivation or are you relying on some sort of a deliberate method of shaping them into a better employee while also trying to keep them happy. So I, uh, believe it or not, saw a TikTok about a very similar topic today. And it was this, it was basically how you should properly compensate your employees and how you should make your employees motivated to produce at the level that you want them to. And uncle Kyle makes a great point here. It does matter the, uh, their level of personal interest in the field. If you put me in a fucking tennis store, I don't care. I'm never going to be as productive as you want me to be. So them liking what they're doing is a huge part of it. But it, it, it you need to base. You give your... an example though, right? Like so I'll, I'll cut you off just really quick because you've given an example, right? Of like there are plenty of people, tons of people, right? That are in those type of. I don't want to call it meaningless work, but like less. Um, specified jobs like your you know your fast food employees or um god what do you sorry what's the terminology that recently came about because of like fast food workers and everything that we're working through the pandemic there's a terminology that was that's been much more specific because of the pandemic and i'm, I'm blanking on it right now yeah i don't essential employees right so your essential oh, workers yeah. so your essential workers like your uh, people that are doing all of those type of that type of industry work that you might take for granted on a daily basis, but at the end of the day, it's still necessary. So like those types of positions need to be filled, right? So your fast food workers and your janitors and all that, those other type of jobs, right? Like there are things that must happen, but of course somebody's not going to say like, my dream has always been to work at fucking McDonald's, right? Like that's probably not the case for most people, but that, that company still has to figure out how do you keep that employee motivated while keeping them happy in their position and keep them productive, right? There has to be some sort of a way that you do that. Otherwise, you're going to fail. Like your company's not going to work. So that was kind of the point of the TikTok too. It was, it was all about prioritizing value and time the proper way. So the example that was given there, if I'm hiring you to make a logo for me, I as an employer need to find out what motivates you. Yes. So do you, are you motivated by an hourly wage And am I, as an employer, comfortable paying you that wage? Because say I have a budget of $10,000. I'm telling you I will pay you this amount of money per hour for these hours up to $10,000. Sure. That tells an employee that they can take up to, what's the math on that, 50 hours to accomplish the task, 500 hours, whatever it works out to be. They can take that amount of time. 
Whereas if I tell you, if you complete this, I, I don't want you to take any extra time, but you as an employer, employee, are then motivated to potentially take extra time in the thoughts that you're getting paid by the hour. I can take some extra time to yeah, complete this sure. task. And if sure. I go over, you owe me more money, yeah, regardless sure. of what your budget is. Yeah, take if, the extra smoke break. Exactly. Yeah, sure. But if I can show you that I'm motivated to complete that task quicker, then you as an employee are motivated to get that task done quicker because it can mean that you get a new task while receiving the same amount of pay. Yeah. So if I tell you I will give you that $10,000, the quicker you get it to me, the quicker I have another task for you. And that was a way for the employer to maximize the productivity. Obviously, then you have to go back to, well, what motivates the employee then to do that? And there's quite a few different ways that I think you can do that. And that's very dependent on the employee. And that's something that we learned a lot in uh, in my leadership classes. It's very much understanding your, your individual employees. Yes. You don't have to do a cookie cutter approach for every single employee that you have. In my office right now, I'm very motivated by the prospect of moving up, getting a raise, et cetera. Other coworkers are very content with, they want to be comfortable in their situation and they want to continue working for the organization because they like the organization and they like having X amount of days per week that they can work from home or sure. X amount of yeah, time yeah. that they can be out of the office while still getting I don't want to say still getting paid, but like still getting the value out of the work that they're doing. And I think it very much depends on the employee. I don't think yeah. you can say there's one approach that's right. I think it's a combination of, like I said earlier, finding the right way to produce for the value that you have for, for that item or, or for your task or whatever you want to call it mixed with what makes that individual employee happy. Yeah, I think it's interesting really to look at the case of, of a salary employee, right? So if you look at somebody that's that's getting paid $50,000 a year, right? They know I'm going to go to work from nine to five every day from Monday to Friday, and I'm going to get compensated the same, right? I'm not hitting the clock in button. Sure, there might be some sort of a problem if you're not showing up to work on time or whatever, right? But like you're not, your your wage is not dependent on on a timestamp, probably if you're on a salary employee, right? You're you're doing the, the Monday to Friday thing and you're getting paid by the year on some sort of scale, right? So if you look at that employee and you look at them in a, in a, you name it, right? So like, it's hard, it's, it's hard to, you know, point out specific, like some specific examples based on what I know. But like, if you look at any, um, just any type of job environment where you have an employee that's making a salary wage, how do you get that person to get better at their job? And I think the, the interesting thing is that a lot of the times that I've talked to people about this, I hear, um, specifically from like um, leadership, I guess, is what I would kind of blanket this as, is people are like, oh, well, those people are motivated. They're going to get out there. They're going to do a lot of self-study and self-improvement, and they're going to become better. And they're just naturally going to get better at the job. So like, there's nothing that I need to do as a leader because these people are all going to do it themselves. And I think it's it's almost hilarious when you think about it. Like for me, like I just I don't understand that approach. And so I think there's a there's a mix in there somewhere, like a blend of of mandatory and deliberate development of an individual to make them better at their job, right? Like you have to do some sort of hands-on something. You can't just 100% rely on the individual to want to get better, but you right. also and there, there's probably you know 10% of the people in that in that organization that are just very motivated. They're driven to be 
top 10% of their organization. They want to be great at everything. They want to be recognized, all these things, right? But then there's a there's probably a middle, very large percentage of those people, like 60%, maybe, I don't know. I'm just picking up numbers here, but like of people that are like completely content not being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. They just want the salary every, every year and they're going to go in, do their normal activity, but like they might be doing it at like slightly lower quality than than you know somebody in the top 10 percent that's working a little bit harder to get better at that job so it's just it's 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 difficult i don't know what the answer is but an organization has to have some sort of a methodology to come up with a a plan to develop their employees to be better at the job whether they're super invested in it or not but also keep them happy and it's tough man like i get that that's tough it it comes down to to motivation and and you have to know your employees and whether they are intrinsically motivated or extrinsically motivated and you have to know which of your employees if i tell you i will give you a dollar an hour raise if you complete this task at this rate and there's going to be tons of people in your organization who are perfectly fine doing more to get paid a little bit more and there are some people who are just going to find pure motivation in accomplishing a task in fulfilling a need etc and like there's there's no one way you can do it you have to be willing to implement both in your organization to truly be successful at the task of increasing production while keeping people happy and motivated and and i think you know uncle kyle too and i think what you're alluding to is the same you're both right right in this concept of like you have to you have to take it outside of the blanket approach and talk take it to an individual level but there is some uh you know at some point you have to think about how do I get everybody to the same baseline? And in order to do that, you kind of have to bring everybody in for some of that same type of training and that deliberate development and everything just to kind of, you know, you, you're you feeding all the same information to the people that are really, you know, inspired to do great work, but you're also trying to help elevate the people that are maybe not so motivated. Um, and there's there's a lot of different things that you can do here. And I think, I think this conversation needs to be re- revisited maybe a couple of years down the line when I can use some more specific examples. But I think it's... I know that it's tough, but some people are in situations where like you can't just leave the job, right? So, but there are also expectations of you. And I think some people in, in certain salary positions are in a, in a place where they could do really not much, right? Like they can do the absolute bare minimum, squeak through and get their paycheck, right? But you, a company is never gonna want that, right? Like they don't right. want the bare minimum worker. And so, yes, they need to figure out how do I motivate this person? But at the end of the day, if they absolutely don't care about the job, there still has to be some way for the employer while you're there, even if your job's hunting and trying to look for something that fits your needs better, like there has to be a way for the employee or the, sorry, the employer to, to motivate you or really force you <laughs> to be productive at more than the bare minimum. Right. Like in, I guess in saying that it's a little bit ironic too. And I understand that and saying like the minimum is not enough, but truly if you're doing the minimum, like that is like by definition enough to get by. Right. So I don't know. It's just tough. Like I've tried to think about this from, from the sake of being a leader in an organization. Like how do you, how would I do it? And I, I don't know what the right answer is, but I know that you can't just as a company go, my employees are going to want to be the best in this organization all the time. And so they're going to strive for it. Like you can't do that. It's, and it's uh, just not going to work. There's a, a, a very famous Gary V clip about this where at one of his, his talks, a person asks him, 
how do I get my employees to care as much about the work as I do as yeah. the CEO? And he said, "There, you were fucking delusional if you think yeah, that is yeah. ever going to happen. Exactly. Nobody is ever going to be as invested yeah. as the person who runs or founded a company. Correct. And so you, and as Gary Vee points out, you have to find ways. You have to be creative. You can't, you can't just accept that people aren't going to, if, if you're a leader, you can't accept that people aren't going to be motivated. You, there is always a way to motivate your employees. Yep. And yes. it, it comes down to being, you can't be a manager. You have to be a leader. You have to take charge mm -hmm. and understand that you are working with human fucking beings yep. and you have to take the time to understand each of them as individuals to know how to get the best performance out of them. Yeah, I mean, you, you at the end of the day, you have to connect with people on a level that connects them to some aspect of the work that they're going to at least want to, you know, do it and accomplish it in a way that matters to them and that they're happy with that your employees are turning out a quality of work that they're invested in or that they're happy with. You can't just accept the fact that, oh, this person's going to keep turning me out the bare minimum every day, right? Like you as an employer are never going to want to accept that, but you have to be willing to go to that next step and go, you know, you can't, your, your, your thought process, like you just said, can't be like, I own this company. You should want this as bad as I do. Like, yeah, never going to happen. Like you yeah. have to think of how do I connect this person with my goals and motivate them to help me get to that point. Right. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's not an easy concept, but I think that like as a, from a philosophical standpoint, right, you have to be willing to connect with those people. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're just making them think they're a cog in the machine and they're just going to fucking grind away and do what they have to do to make that salary. And I, I think I've seen that a lot, honestly, like I've, I've, yeah. I've firsthand seen this happen quite a bit where people are like, fuck it. I'm just a cog in the machine. I'm going to fucking do what I have to do to get, oh, yeah. get my paycheck. And that is absolutely it. And if I'm tasked with something, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it to the bare minimum. And then I'm going to leave. You know what I mean? And it's, it's very difficult. And I think, I think there is a, there, um, you know, a mix of doing this with self-motivation or connecting with people and getting that motivation internally, as well as some sort of a forced, you know, concept of development and training that has to happen in order to get people to that point. Don't know what the balance is, but there, which, and I'm sure it's subjective on an individual level, but you have to do something. Yeah. I, it's leadership is a very individualized process <laughs> where each leader needs to have their own style, but you also have to recognize that those who are leading are also individuals. You can't just expect one approach to work for everybody. Sure. It's as simple as I can, can break it down. I am hyperhydrated. You know what that means? Yes, I do. Go ahead. BRB. I'll, I'll fill the gap. Anyways, um, while Kyle uh, does what he has to do, um, we thank you all for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure you head over to my Twitter, at JakePerry34. My pinned tweet on my profile is a competition, not really a competition, but a retweet that is needed from you. Um, please retweet and quote tweet the tweet. Uh, it is from us trying to win some free swag from Michelob Ultra, Kyle's favorite light beer. Uh, maybe arguably favorite beer of all time. I think if we asked him like what he had to drink for any one drink for the rest of his life, that would be his choice. But 
please make sure you head that head over there and check that out. Um, as I kind of plugged for myself earlier, my first sleeper article was published on JWB Fantasy Football. You can find them on Twitter at JWB underscore FF, um, as well as our website, which is a very long title because it is a WordPress website. But just search JWB Fantasy Football and you can find that link and you can find our articles. All of the guys over there are great individuals and have really great insight to the fantasy football world. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you listen and keep an eye out for our other podcast, which is coming out as well, at Personnel Pod, which is the personnel package, which is a combination of fantasy football and real football. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. It looks like Kyle is back. Let's see how quickly he picks back up on the conversation. And he's back. All right. So that was a great second topic. Rolled right into the first topic. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. so like, just kind of capstone my my part of this too. As we turn over to the next one, right? Is like, it just bothers me when a company does nothing to try to motivate their people. That's kind of my bottom line, and I don't know if I made that clear in talking about this, but it, it bugs me when people are just like, "You work for me, you should be motivated." Like, that's not. It's a horrible stance to take on anything, and yeah. you can't you can't just expect people to want to work hard. You need to correct. And, and it sucks because you're hoping that when you hire somebody into your organization that they're buying into the concepts of your organization and that they're motivated to help you out to reach the goals of the company. But people are self-motivated, right? Like, in, you know, or sorry, self-focused, I guess, not selfish, but I think they're self-focused and trying to improve their own goals in their own lives. And they're, they're not necessarily dedicated to the company. So instead of just saying, fuck you, be motivated, you need to think of a way to connect to your people, one. But two, you need to find the balance between capitalizing on the motivation of the individual but also trying to get them there so offering offering opportunities or incentives but also providing them with some sort of a mandatory training or mandatory you know improvement processes might be necessary but you have to find that balance and not just be laissez-faire and like eh, they're gonna get better like it's it's just not gonna work you have to you have to motivate your people and you have to get them engaged and you can't just accept the bare minimum in my opinion there has to be a way for you to and this isn't saying be a tyrannical leader and go in and tell your people to fuck off like you're going to work harder it's it's finding a way to connect to them and get them to that next level and if you're not willing to do that take the time to do it you're never going to get employees that care yeah i think you you said it you hit the nail on the head you know it it comes down to finding the right things for the right people and if you find what motivates an individual, they will care not as much as you do, but close. Right. And that's all you can ask for as a leader. Great topic. Like I said, rolled right into my topic or right off of my topic, I should say. So we love to see it. We love to see intertwining topics on two average husbands. It works out. And sometimes like your topics uh, just make me want to do a different topic for my list than I plan on doing for the night anyway, which this one I did plan on doing. So it worked out. But, uh, you know, sometimes they just connect really nice. You love. You have a beer see- rating for me or should we go straight into your next topic? I will keep going. I'm not. Okay. I'm between a couple ratings here. So, okay. I need to to figure this out over the uh, last few sips of this beer. So we Smile will for the story in the meantime. <laughs> All right, cool, perfect. All right, we will the run for the gram. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, number two AVG Husbands. Check us out. Give us a follow. 
keep an eye out. As a reminder, if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, we are giving away a Two Average Husbands t-shirts like these beautiful shirts that you see Kyle and I wearing at 100 and 250 subscribers. So make sure you subscribe. Um, but all right, so uh, hopping into my second topic here. We are? <laughs> in the background yes we carly we are yes yes um, we are. anyways to roll into our second topic here kyle you wake up tomorrow i do you have hopefully tw- 24 hours completely to yourself okay describe to me your ideal 24 hours alone uh like i can't do anything with other people i must do it alone you can do it with other people but for the sake of this argument it can't be carly okay can't be your family members no family no carly okay what's your your ideal 24 hours i bet you can guess it's gonna be a lot of video games huh well so the big thing is right like it's no secret that i love video games and so for me if i get a break um, you know, from all things life, right? Like there's nothing, I have absolutely zero responsibility, no schedule, no anything for that day. And I'm not allowed to spend it with my wife or my family. There's a pretty good chance that I'm going to go for the video games. So for me, this probably starts with an early shotgun of a beer nice. with the boys. What kind of beer? Michelob Ultra, obviously. Shout out to Michelob Ultra. Feel free to like us uh, and retweet us on Twitter for the audience so we can get that package from Michelob Ultra. So look at those retweets. Anyway. Uh, probably shotgun the good old Michelob Ultra and then go straight into the Call of Duty drinking game or you name it, first-person shooter drinking game that we have established at the time and play that for a good chunk of the day. Um, I also would say that I would probably be not making a single meal. I would be ordering every single meal. In what, are an you ordering? what are you ordering? I fucking hate cooking. What am I ordering? Oof. You know, the sad thing is it's probably all like fast food. because. That's fine. Mostly because from a from a perspective of what I'm doing on my day like that, I'm not like I'm not going out of my house. Right. And so like I want something like I'll be playing games. I'm like, ooh, I'm hungry right now and I want something quick. So I'd be looking at like a five guys, because it's right next to my house. Hop across the street, get a five guys burger if I really want to leave my house. If I don't want to leave my house, I'm looking at ordering a pizza. Papa John's probably because I love me some PJs. Uh, I don't know. And then I'd probably be just surfing the interwebs on somebody that'll deliver close to my house. So I can try to get some sort of a dinner in there Hitting too. Door, but, DoorDash, Uber Eats. Yeah. Grubhub. And I'd have like, you know, my morning would start off with a nice cup of coffee while I'm waiting for the boys to get onto their gaming system of what choice. What kind of coffee? So currently, and this goes into a different topic that I have a different time, but right now, what I'm drinking is the Costco, so the Kirkland brand uh, beet, whole bean coffee. I grind it myself because I'm fancy pants. Preach. But it's the, uh, I think it's called the house blend, if I remember right. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's just their house blend, which is actually produced by Starbucks, but it's significantly cheaper than Starbucks coffee. So I would compare it in concept to kind of like a Pike Place, but I don't think it's as bitter, so I think it's actually better. So love me some costco brand coffee coffee maybe a little bit of breakfast who knows i don't know and then roll straight into the shotgun as early as possible and then immediately following that straight into the games of the boys the problem is, is we're all fucking adults that have responsibilities now and we can't really dedicate days like this 
Hey, uh, we in, do find in, the your, in your ideal 24 hours, I'm dedicating whatever you want. That's what I'm saying, right? So, like, we got to figure it out. So, Dane, me, Jake, probably one other person that we'd have to find. Uh, we've always had kind of, like, hit and miss fourths in our squads for games, but the boys are playing games that day. Let's just say that. That being said, though, if that was not possible, I would, and I've still been craving this in my life, and it's uh, maybe other people can connect with me a little bit on this. I don't know, but I have been really, really wanting an RPG that's just good and pulls me in for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. I haven't played an RPG that pulled me into the world of the game for fucking long time. Like the last one might have been like Dragon Age in the early years of the of that series. It's not really an RPG, but I'd say the last one that kind of did that for me was Destiny. It's probably the see that's closest. why I, I wouldn't categorize it that because Destiny sucked me the fuck in too. But I, that's the it's, closest. It's, it's really a first person shooter, and they yeah, just changed the format of it a little bit. So I wouldn't even say it, that's an RPG. It was a first. I'm talking like third person? quest style RPG. And the closest I think actually that I would say after. Um, Dragon Age was definitely like if you if you would call it that I would say The Witcher, like a quest based sandbox game. I would say The Witcher, and then in God of War, right? Like both of those were fantastic games. But even then, I'm looking for like character creation, like start to finish, like fucking pull me into the game type of a world of game. And I haven't had it forever. Uh, for talking cyber... a game like that, the last one that did that to me was like Fable Two. And I, honestly, the Fables were good too. And I played those prior to really the Dragon Age and then a little bit mixed into as they were coming out with the later ones. I think Fable 4 was like the last one. I can't remember, but... Yeah, <clears throat> I think you're... Those were pretty decent games too. And they they, they, they pulled me in as well. Um, but the, you know, Cyberpunk kind of tried but failed. And so I really am just... I wouldn't mind just sitting, sipping some coffee in the morning, diving myself into a RPG and playing that throughout the day too, but... For what it's worth, uh, at the Xbox Games Showcase in July of 2020, a new Fable was announced. Nice. Keep oh, the, speak keep... of the devil, I have a shout-out. Don't let me forget about a game that's coming out that I have to talk about. It's Knights of the New Republic. Oh, well, that's pretty Republic. close to what the name... <laughs> there you go. KOTOR is being remade, so we don't really have to talk about that in the terms of like my ideal 24 hours. KOTOR is being remade. I think there's a lot of skepticism on the internet right now, and my brother sent me some articles on... Uh, some shit that I should read into about the developer of the game and how apparently the new like uh, main writer for the, the remake of KOTOR actually has hated KOTOR in the past. So maybe not the ideal candidate to write the game, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. That being said, though, KOTOR is coming out, and I will play it probably regardless of whether uh, the writer hated the game in the past or not. Makes sense. Um, my ideal 24 hours, um, <clears throat> since I made you be descriptive, I will be descriptive. Sure. Let's see. Um, so wake up, start my morning off with a nice little workout. As corny as that is to say, working out has been so good for my mental health that I don't think like I can imagine a day without it. Like today was an off day for me. Like I did no workout today and I've just been like spiraling like it's just so weird to not like to not there is something to be said about what a workout can do for your physical and mental health there I just are things feel better that when it, I do it does it. Like, things for you yeah. like mentally i just feel like i was in complete control of something and i accomplished it the way i needed to so i would start my day off with a workout nothing crazy maybe an hour hour in the gym just lifting weights no cardio fuck that 
Um, definitely didn't do legs on that day either. Um, it was probably a nice back and bicep day, my favorite. <laughs> um, into breakfast, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my breakfast off with a Monster Rosa. Which I don't know what that is. It's, it's a, so it's one of the Ultra Series, so it's their Zero Calorie Series. It's the pink can. I don't can. know what an Ultra Series is. It's Zero Calories. Um, it's, have you ever seen, like, the white monsters? Like, you know the ones I got? Oh, when I, a Monster Energy Drink. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So you said, it's, like, Monster Rosa. I, was, like, was connecting that as, like, one thing. As, oh, like, maybe yeah, that was, yeah. like, a food or something. Ro- okay, I'm makes tracking. sense. I got you. No, yeah. So Monster Energy Drink, that's going to be my, my drink to start my day off. Okay. Um, my breakfast is going to be biscuits and gravy. Love B&G. Big couple, B&G guy. Couple fried eggs, a little hash brown, okay. a little bacon. That's going to be the breakfast. After that, I'm going to go golfing. Okay. Maybe not a full 18, maybe nine holes. Nice little hour and a half, two hours, get that over with. Have a few drinks on the course, a couple claws. Dude, my problem with that is like when I dedicate like myself to golf which i'm a terrible golfer but i like to go for the drinks when i do it though i'm tuckered out like i play nine or 18 holes and then i'm just done like i well, need to go take a fucking beer coma nap step your game up anyways <laughs> um so i'm gonna go play some golf and then the day is my oyster and what am i doing with it i'm playing fucking video games that's what i'm doing that's right i'm gonna be on with kyle playing the drinking game 30 claws deep. I need to broaden my horizons a little bit, though, because I need to be a bit more specific, too. So if I could be anywhere in the world at a given time, right? So I would start my day with Waffle Stop with my grandpa, if I could throw it out. Because yeah. I love me some Waffle Stop with my grandpa. It's a restaurant, like a breakfast restaurant back home. And I would do that, have a cup of coffee, then come home, then shotgun my beer, then go into the drinking game. My, my breakfast would be from Montezuma Cafe which is now closed, but is, was in Montezuma, Iowa. Um, hands yes. down, best breakfast I've ever had. You feed 15 people for 80 bucks. Keep I will say mind. an entire day at Harry Potter World in Orlando, uh, or at Orlando Universal, would, would do it for me too. I had an incredible experience there, just fucking deep diving into the world of Harry Potter, and it just was nostalgic for me uh, because I'd never gone as a kid when I was really into the Harry Potter series, but I went as an adult, and I just fucking melted into that shit dude i fucking loved harry potter world so i could do that too amusement parks in general i love fucking roller coasters and i loved that specific universe so i'd have a lot of fun there star wars universe i'd probably feel the same way if i could go just be in star wars world and disney for a day that'd be great too uh yeah i'm not gonna say that i would love that the same way that you would but hey uh couples vacation someday um so for lunch on my ideal day lunch i'm gonna get me a nice nice little five guys burger five guys you okay. know five guys is it's making me not, crave a five guys i might have to get one this weekend it's not the best burger in the world but on my ideal day i need the extra grease that comes with a five guys burger to soak up some of the booze that i'm drinking dinner that day it's gonna be a nice ribeye steak medium rare side of mashed potatoes extra garlic extra butter I'm not going to lie, Uncle Kyle, I have to interrupt you because he just threw out that Waffle Stop is permanently closed in Google, and I might have to shed one tear real quick because I have so much nostalgia for that place, and I absolutely loved it, and I'm looking it up now too, and that is super sad. Uh, There's a lot of mixed reviews on it too. There's a lot of people that never liked Waffle Stop. There's like other breakfast places in in Iowa that people like better, but 
man, that's sad. I loved that place. It was locally owned and a lot of good memories there. So shout out to Waffle Stop. I'm sorry. Pour one out. R.I.P. For the Waffle Stop. Um, but yeah, and then I think like after a, a day of debauchery and drinking with, with the boys, I just want to spend my last like couple hours just laying in bed with my dogs. Just the dogs just hanging out around me, watching fucking probably some dumb shit like Rick and Star Morty. Star Wars! I'm watching like Rick and Morty. <laughs> like, Actually, I'll say Family Guy. Rick and Morty is a newer interest for me, so I'll say Family Guy. Just some dumb, something dumb. I like I Family Guy more than Rick to. and Morty, for sure. I think Rick and Morty has better peaks. We'll, we'll t- Actually, no, we'll change it to fantasy football terms. Rick and Morty, higher ceiling. Family Guy, better floor. <laughs> Okay. Um, but right. yeah, I, 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 we're both guys that don't need a ton to be happy. That's one True. thing I've learned. And True. we have a lot of very similar interests in that. So I'm not surprised that our ideal days are not too different. But it's funny I, that we can be so opinionated about jobs and what it takes to be happy in, in a job. But then we're like, yeah, it doesn't take much. I'm happy with anything. <laughs> really? Like, like outside of work, like we don't need a lot. Like, no, I don't. Give me some beer and a video game, and I'm good. Yeah, there's, it's pretty easy, man. I'm a pretty easy person to please. So, yeah. All right, well, I'm ready to rate this beer. All right, let's hear it. The reason I needed a moment was I was debating whether or not this would take the cake as the highest rated beer Shit. in two average husband history. Okay. And I have decided that it is is not. Oh, okay. It is very, very close. If it had a little bit more coconut, it would be. Love me some coconut. It's it's got coconut, but I need a little more. Okay. Just All right. A little more. I gotta eight, try this. You gotta get one for me. Point seven. Eight seven, not bad. Still a good beer. Ties the second highest beer in Jake's two average brothers history. Two average husbands. Average history. brothers. Who the fuck I, are the brothers? I read two I brothers. brothers. That's I okay. I read two brothers as I said it. It's honest mistake. Two average husband history close enough um for me the light sky citrus sweet blue moon is a 6.3 i think it's okay i think i like regular blue moon better which is probably no surprise because it's really just light blue moon yeah but it's not bad like for from a light beer perspective which i think they've just categorically tried to get themselves as close as possible to a regular light beer percentage wise it's four percent which isn't great but it's flavor wise is pretty close to a regular blue moon for only 95 calories and 3.6 carbs so it's better for you and it still tastes pretty decent so not a bad beer probably would never pick it up myself it's a great choice when you're at like baseball games sure it's a great switch up from the bud light if i'm at a baseball game or any sort of professional sports or like sporting event whatsoever i am getting whatever the fuck is the cheapest and the biggest so give me the baseball bat full of fucking bud light or whatever the fuck you got man like i'll take whatever you got but i'm not spending a bunch of money on like some sort of a because i guarantee the markup even for a light blue moon is probably at least a dollar anywhere oh yeah but here's my argument to that. It depends on the prices of stuff. Because, like, I'll go to Wrigley, and I will spend $10 for a Goose Island 312 before I will spend nine fifty on a Bud Light. Nah. I, will not, I will not buy the cheapest. I will buy something that's a little bit better for a $0.50 cent more. 
Now, what I'll do, like a normal human being, is I'll go to Ballpark Village outside of this Bush Stadium, and I'll get cheaper beers. Pre-game. Get pretty hammy, and then I'll step into the fucking Bush Stadium and go watch a Cardinals game, because fuck the Cubs. But, you know, whatever. To each their own. Anyways, Kyle, what is your second and final topic for the evening? All right, we're running out of time, which is perfect, because I got a quick one. And really, my second topic is... We've seen football come back. We're talking about how excited we are for it, both college probably and NFL. Really for college, I'm I'm excited because I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan. And I like to watch the Hawkeyes, but I don't really pay that much attention to college football. So really, I'm excited for the NFL. But the thing uh, that I was going to mention earlier, right, is that I think part of the hype coming into this last game of the Tampa Bay versus Dallas game is that fans are back. Everybody's throwing this slogan out. Fans are back. Fans are back. Fans are back. I'm sitting at home in a fucking panic because I'm watching these crowds full of people and there is one in every thousand that is wearing a mask. And Tampa especially, because we know Florida doesn't give a lick of a shit about COVID, there isn't a single person wearing a mask in that crowd. So for me, I'm really wondering, what are your thoughts about crowds coming back to professional sporting events and what do you think is going to happen as a result due to COVID? And this kind of goes into the fact that too, Jake is talking again about on social media about how a, the two of us are highly endorsing getting vaccinated. Like we're both very pro vaccine and we're both pro get this fucking pandemic over with and do everything that you possibly can to get it over with. But that being said, I think there are a lot of potential setbacks that might come as a result of professional sports coming back and college sports coming back. And I'm just interested to hear your opinion on what you've seen so far, specifically in what people are taking as their measures. And you can speak uh, on behalf of concert venues as well, because I know you recently attended a concert, right? So you can talk to that too. Uh, And we can talk about just attendance at events and what's going to happen potentially as a result from a COVID front. I think that there are definitely some places that are doing it better than others. Um, as you mentioned, I was recently at uh, Summerfest up in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You have to have proof of a negative test within the last two weeks or proof of vaccination to enter the venue. They are checking every single person. I had to pull out my ID to make sure that it matched the name on my registration or on my on my vaccine passport. And... It took no extra time than it normally takes me to get into a concert or get into sure. a sporting event. Like it, it, it added no extra time. And you could make the argument that teams need this to happen. They need fans to be able to make enough money to continue to support the product that we want. You can find enough vaccinated fans at this point. It's something like 64% of all eligible Americans are vaccinated at this point. You're going to yeah. fill the stadium even if you put a vaccination requirement on it. Maybe not in Florida. Maybe not in Florida. But true. Nationally, that's probably true. Yeah, overall, you can probably find that. And it's it's definitely a level of concern, especially with we're seeing not a lot of breakthrough mm-hmm. cases, but enough that you have to be cognizant of it. And you see situations like uh, there was one game that was highlighted on Twitter. I want to say it was one of the Virginia schools. Um, don't Maybe. Quote, I think I know what you're talking about. Don't quote me on it. But they do require vaccinations or proof of vaccination or proof of a negative test for their students. 
The problem is the games aren't open to just students. Yeah, it's open to and, the public. And, and you yeah. don't know if they're requiring that same thing for the public because it's not really not. talked about. I think if you're if you're going to do it, if you're going to have fans there, you need to create the safest experience possible. And yes. I feel like not enough places are doing that. I'm not going to lie. I watched the Iowa Hawkeye game and I didn't see a mask in sight. And I know for a fact that there is no mandatory vaccination in Iowa. Iowa doesn't really care about COVID. I think it is going to be a gigantic fucking cesspool of COVID in Iowa city. And it makes me nervous. Like I think I would not want to be at that game. Yeah. I'm not going to go to a live sporting event after what I've seen on TV. I think it is discouraging for the people that are, that want to go back to sporting events that are seeing these types of things happen because and I've seen like the couple times that they've had some sort of a restriction, right? I think it's been highlighted either in the news or on social media or like during the broadcast, right? Yep. And that's very rare. And so for me, like I would love to go watch the Cardinals play, especially if I don't know, I'd have to look at the schedule and see if they ever play Dallas, but I would love to see that. Uh, and even if it's not Dallas, like I'd love to just hop up to Phoenix and go watch, uh, watch the Cardinals play. Cause I think they're going to have an incredible offense. January 2nd. Oh, perfect. Right after the they, New Year. I'll probably they, have that day off work. They play the Cowboys January 2nd. Is it at New Dallas? or at uh, It's it's at Dallas. Oh, okay. Well, there's that too, but you can that, I'd there. still, I could, I would probably go, but I'm not going to because of, the, of what I've seen. And I think until I see some sort of an intent from either the NFL or like college football to actually, you know, like you said, restrict it and be more uh, directive in the fact of trying to make that environment as safe as possible for everyone, everyone that there's no there's no fucking way i'm getting in a crowd that big yeah i think like you said they need to be requiring masks with some sort of a social distance in my opinion or requiring vaccination like they're and you could split the fucking stadium for all i care where it's like all the vaccinated can be over here and all of the people that refuse the vaccine but want to be socially distanced over here with masks great like i don't know how they're gonna do it i don't care but right now there's not a chance in fucking hell that i'm gonna go to any of these events because it's just the lack of care is astounding to me. Yeah, it, it's there's definitely a level of concern to have. And I do think we have seen that the vaccine is very effective. But like I said, there's enough breakthrough cases that we can't be fully comfortable doing things the way that they were. Yes. If, we're not there yet. We aren't. And, and the funny thing, too, is people are trying to make the argument, right? Like, of, oh, if the vaccine worked, then why are we still like taking precautions? It's because the people that are saying that aren't vaccinated. Yeah. Like if you're saying those words, you're probably not vaccinated. And if you are vaccinated saying those words, good for you. But there's a lot of people that aren't. And that's the problem is that you have people that are refusing the vaccine that are leading to different variants of the virus that your vaccine might not be as effective against. So you're seeing mutations in the virus that are causing increasing problems. And also when people aren't vaccinated, even if you are vaccinated, you could potentially be a spreader of the back or of the virus. Right. So yeah. Even if it doesn't put me in the hospital and you get me as a vaccinated person infected with COVID, I can still spread that now to a bunch of people that are not vaccinated. So a, a thing like a sporting event like that, like if I showed up as an asymptomatic carrier, I could still get a fuckload of people sick, especially the ones that are unvaccinated. And even the ones that are vaccinated, it's not going to probably send them to the hospital, but they could be sick and they could get symptoms. So like the pandemic doesn't just end because a certain segment of the population got vaccinated. That's not how it fucking works. And like, I saw some people bitching too on the internet today about how like, oh, I bet there's going to be another booster coming up next year. It's like, do you take the fucking flu shot? 
Because let me tell you, that's not a one-time thing. You're taking it every year. And why? You know, because the virus mutates. Exactly. Weird. It's, it changes. And the only reason that people have a problem with the COVID vaccine is because the virus was so politicized. Yes. That if it if it wasn't a political issue, people would have zero fucking qualms. Most people would have zero qualms about getting this vaccine. Dude, if it was never in politics, I think people would be rushing to get the vaccine. Oh, yeah. So, like, holy shit, you mean I might not get it, sick and die because of this virus? Fuck yeah, hook me up. Every senator, every congressperson is fully vaccinated. <laughs> yes, regardless of party politics, that is true. And Rich people, Goldman, you can't go into Goldman Sachs if you are not vaccinated. Yep. That is the wealthiest of the wealthy in this country. Yeah. If yeah. I walked into a Goldman Sachs, they would laugh. Yes, true. Me the too. shit works. The shit's safe. Get vaccinated. Don't go to sporting events unless they have, or concerts, unless they have vaccine requirements. End of my rant. Some sort of precautions. Like I think like my point in just bringing it up in general is I think the audience for us, right, the listeners, need to be cognizant of, of the precautions that are being taken, cognizant of the fact that the pandemic isn't over, and cognizant of the fact that they need to be taking doing everything they can to protect themselves, which is why I'm saying like what I'm seeing on TV makes me nervous. Because I think I am seeing crowds of unvaccinated people getting into massive crowds or you know, massive concentrations together. And there is a likelihood, in my opinion, that we are going to see a very large spike in COVID cases in college and NFL towns or cities, and then eventually going out into the state as a whole. And it is going to spread to a lot more people and could potentially do a lot more deaths. So I think we should be, as a society, doing a little bit more uh, to be preventing that from happening until we are seeing a significant and stable decrease in the amount of COVID cases and deaths. Which, guess what? That's not what we're seeing right now. We're seeing an increase in cases yep. and an increase in deaths. So, I have, I have more and more restrictions at work every week, it seems, because things yes. keep getting worse where we are. Yep. And why is that? Because people aren't getting vaccinated. People are going out in public with no yep. masks, unvaccinated, allowing things to change. And it sucks. It frankly sucks. We want to be, us vaccinated people, us people have taken every single precaution that we can. We want to be back to normal as much as all of you fucking idiots who won't get vaccinated for your dumb reasons. Dude, I have lived a, a very, very risk adverse life for the last two years. Same. And like, even that, like I've done a couple, you know, I've been in small gatherings like for my fantasy football draft like of people that were all vaccinated like we try to take some precautions there and be careful too but like even in that situation like that's like that's almost too risky for me and that is like a gathering of less than 10 people you know i I mean this is two years post post beginning of pandemic i didn't go to a fantasy football draft because i was sick even though i knew it wasn't covid yeah just to make other people feel comfortable yeah and it's i mean that's the big thing right it's like i just i would love to go do these things again i would Same. absolutely love to have been like I, at that fucking dallas game in tampa but i, no I begged for this draft to be in person yeah and then shit got worse and i said you know what i'm not coming <laughs> i'm not fucking leaving I'm my house coming. yeah yeah dude i feel so it. it's you know it 
it sucks that we're in this position, but we, 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 if you have a heart, if you care about other human beings, just get vaccinated. Express the need for others to get vaccinated. Pfizer's 100% approved by the FDA. So if FDA approval was your uh, your last remaining barrier to getting vaccinated, is it fully approved by the FDA now to get the Pfizer vaccine? And Moderna is right around the corner. Also true. And has shown to produce more antibodies, but different discussion. Please different don't get J&J. Don't, don't try to get J&J, in my opinion, because I think that it has shown to be less effective than the other two. So just in general, like, it's not any you know different probably compositionally than the other two or that much different so just go get the fucking ones that are showing to be a little bit more effective get two shots just deal with it take a day off work most most employers probably don't even I've, have to most employers that i've listened to or heard from are giving people days off to get vaccinated like just take yes it. absolutely employers a lot of them good ones are incentivizing their employees to go do it and they're saying hey you're gonna get uh, I was just talking to my brother who works for a major corporation. And I think they gave uh, a certain amount of hours off to go get the vaccine. And if they experienced any sort of symptom after the fact, they got three days off to recover. Yeah. And that's a major corporation. Like we're talking big. My brother yeah. works for a very big corporation. And they were like, yep, you get this time off. Get vaccinated, please. We want you to be vaccinated because we want you to stay working. Weird. Exactly. My, my uncle Kyle points out that they got they his organization gave him a bonus to get vaccinated. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, guess what? I'm fully vaccinated. I can go to fucking Krispy Kreme right now and get a couple donuts. Like, is that still a thing? Yeah, they added to it. There's like you can get a second donut now. It's like a heart shaped one. <laughs> oh man, I never went and got my first one. There's actually a Krispy Kreme not that far from my house. I, so yeah, I, I don't have this weekend. I my, the closest one is 45 minutes for me, and there's better donut places around me. But different story for a different day. There's better but, donut places here too, but if they're free, I mean, they're... I will wrap up my opinion on it by yeah, saying this: get vaccinated. Yes, please. Be healthy. Yes, please. And then we can get back to normal. Wash your hands. Wash your Take hands. All of the normal fucking preventative. Wash well. your hands. Wear your masks. They're not that bad. Guess what? I can't breathe normally as it is. I have a deviated septum. I breathe just fucking fine with a mask on. Wear your Dude, mask. I fucking go to the gym and work out in a mask, and it gets a little sweaty, and that might be a little gross, but I can breathe fine, so I don't want to hear the bullshit. Yeah. Get I ran a couple miles yesterday or two days ago in a mask, so get out of my fucking face. Y'all are fine. Get vaccinated, and guess what? If 100% of the, the eligible population gets vaccinated... Three weeks from now, we're all fucking sitting on the beach, maybe depending on your uh, your weather Probably situation. Like weeks, but yeah, regardless, I'm exaggerating. But if everybody right now, if everybody who needed to get their second shot today got their second shot today, three weeks from now, we're all chilling. I'm back at fucking the bar at Chili's, just chilling, drinking a margarita. Chili's. Back at Chili's of all places. Hey, I love it. it, it Small is town it is, living. Man. Facts. <laughs> All right, man. That's all I got. I wanted your opinion. Thanks for uh, chiming in there too. Like, I, I just, I want people to be careful. I want people to be safe, and I want things to get back to normal. So that's that's all I have on that too. Feel free to please, please continue to follow us on social media at uh, Jake Perry thirty four for Jake and Kyle and Herson, as you see on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. For myself, otherwise, we're at number two ABG Husbands on Instagram and Twitter, and then you can find us. Uh, with the full spelling of two average husbands on YouTube as well as Facebook. So catch us on the social media, follow us on everything, hit the like buttons, give us some retweets, 
specifically on the Michelob Ultra one that we have going on so we can get a, a care package. But other than that, that's all I got. Thanks for joining us for another great episode of Two Average Husbands. We'll see you guys next week. Jake, close us out. As Kyle stated, thank you all for tuning in. We love the interaction in the chat. We love being able to talk with you guys. Make sure you tune into our live episodes if you do not. If you are a Spotify listener or a YouTube listener, we try to be live every Thursday. Sometimes True. a Dallas game interferes and Kyle says, I yes. can't do it today. Exactly but what I said. keep an eye out on our Twitter and Facebook. We do announce when we are going live. Make sure you tune in live. But until next week, we will see you all later. Peace.